When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, I'm Tom Wheelwright, founder and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So what is it that attracts people and retains people to work at your CPA firm? What is it that they want out of working at any particular CPA firm? What is it that people are looking for? What is that culture that we're driving to? And today we have an expert on culture. This is part of our series on building the ultimate CPA firm. And I'm just very excited to have Tracy Fenton with us because uh, Tracy and I were discussing and she's just got some amazing ideas and wrote this terrific book, Freedom at Work. And uh, we share a lot of uh, uh, commonalities, but I'm dying to learn from you, Tracy. So welcome to the WealthAbility Show for CPAs. Oh, I'm so glad to be here with you, Tom. Thanks for having me. So if you would just give us a little bit about your background and how you came into working into the the whole leadership culture area. Absolutely. So 25 years ago, I started my company called World Blue, B-L-U. We're called World Blue because blue is universally recognized as the color of freedom. And what we do is we help leaders of companies, CEOs and top leaders, grow their organizations on the principles of freedom and organizational democracy rather than fear and control. Um, We have worked with top companies around the world. We've worked with small firms all the way up to very large Fortune 500 companies, brands you've heard of like WD-40, Zappos, Groupon, Hulu, Pandora, Mindvalley, Great Harvest Bread Company, and lots of small companies you've never heard of that are doing great work. Um, I'm very blessed to be recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 50 leadership thinkers in the world, just got the Oscars of management as one of the top management thinkers in the world um, uh, with the Thinkers 50, and just had my new book come out called Freedom at Work, the leadership strategy for transforming your life, your organization, and our world. So that's a little bit about me, Tom, and I'm also CEO of a global company, so I understand what it's like to manage and lead people. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So um, if we can just kind of start really basic here and how do you, you know, when you think about culture, because we hear this word a lot, right? And we get thrown around a lot. It's a, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, I got to talk about culture again. What is it? So how do you actually define the culture of a company? So the way I define the culture is it is the outgrowth of the mindset leadership skills and systems and processes that you have in place. So let's make it very simple. Most companies, they don't realize this, most firms, most organizations operate from a mindset, leadership skills and systems and processes that are fear and control based. 
And that fear and control actually limits the potential of their people. So what we do at World Blue is we teach firms how to operate on the principles of freedom and democracy that give power to your people that in turn create a mindset of possibility, leadership skills that are based on personal accountability and responsibility. And then so importantly, Tom, and this is what people miss, is you have to design those systems and processes, AKA best practices, how you communicate, how you get work done, how you go about your day-to-day -day operations in your business. You don't want to design them based on command and control principles. You want to design them based on democratic principles. So that mindset, leadership, and the design all create a world-class culture. So I, I can feel right now that some of our listeners are going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm in charge. Um, and, and what happens if I, you know, because it's like, it's not a democracy. It's a, um, <laughs> it, it's a dictatorship. I call them benevolent dictatorships, yes. right? Yes. Where yes. You, you have a dictator at the top and they go, look, I'm being a very benevolent dictator. And, you know, in the history of the world, benevolent dictatorships have worked very well until they didn't. Right? Until they didn't. Until yeah. they didn't, right? Yeah. Until the benevolent dictator. I mean, for example, you take Mugabe in, um, in Zimbabwe, right? When he started out, benevolent dictator, everything was good. And then it didn't take very long before all of a sudden he was just a dictator, right? Yeah. So the, the question I have is, so people, when they're listening to this, are probably wondering, how do I make it a democracy? But still maintain, but not really. <laughs> but, but, but still maintain yeah. control because, yeah. because the reality is, is that, you know, it, it, the, the culture really is up to the, the leadership. I mean, it, it is, yeah. it, it, it is. Yeah. If you let, if you let your employees determine the culture, you have no culture. Um, you you right. really, I, I, I've done that before and, and it's a huge mistake. Okay. Yeah, in, in my mind. So how do you, how do you kind of balance that we want a democracy at the same time. We want a controlled democracy. Well, yeah. I mean, here's the cognitive dissonance, Tom, that people tend to have when you say the word democracy, which we all want to live in one. And then I talk about, well, let's apply democratic principles to the organization. And suddenly leaders, yep. like their heads blow up. It's like that exactly. your head is blowing up and you're like, wait, I cannot compute. How do I run my company this way? So let's first of all, get clear about what democracy is. Democracy is not voting. Okay, democracy is not voting. People tend to think democracy means voting. Democracy means the inmates run the asylum. Democracy means in, a, in an organizational context. Does that mean, Tracy, that there's no CEOs anymore? Does that mean I'm not the boss anymore? No, none of that is true. You know, they vote in North Korea. Does that make it democratic? No, okay. Voting is simply a way of making a decision. And there's several different models for how to make democratic decisions. We won't get into that right now. But you still have a leader. You still have a top leader. I'm still the CEO of my company. What democracy is about, as I define in my book, is 10 principles that create a democratic leadership system. Those principles, I did a decade of research on this, is what creates democracy. They're principles like accountability, transparency, decentralization of power, choice. What we've done at World Blue is we have certified the most freedom center companies in the world based on these 10 principles. So when I'm saying democracy, Tom, democracy is a framework 
for freedom. Freedom, I'm not talking about laissez-faire here. I'm not talking about no leadership. I'm actually talking that democracy is a style of leadership. It is not government, okay? There's different styles of leadership you can apply to different models of government. And we all know, everyone I'm sure is listening is a thinking person on this podcast, that the more freedom and democracy you have, the more economic prosperity you have. There's a direct correlation For between sure. freedom sure. and economic prosperity. And I can tell you more about that in just a moment. So, yeah. Okay, so let's step back just a bit. Okay, so because we're, we're talking about what is a culture, right? In yeah. what type of culture why do you think culture is so important? I actually think it's one of the foundations of a, of a strong business. Um, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on what, what makes culture such a driving force, um, particularly for the employees, you know, not just for you. I mean, certainly it, to me, that's obvious as the leader, you want the culture that makes you happy to go to work, right? right. Um, but but what's the, what is it that drives it for the employees and it, potential employees. Culture is really what creates your competitive advantage. You know, Peter Drucker, the famous management thinker said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. You know, you look out for a number of years, we worked with Zappos. Everybody knows Zappos. What is Zappos at the end of the day? They're a call center that people call in and can order shoes and other goods. So what separates Zappos from any other call center out there is the culture it creates. You know, we, we work with WD-40. Everybody has a little can of yeah. WD-40 that they sure. spray. We so love that. We love WD-40, right? WD-40 is a worldly certified Freedom Center company. What makes WD-40, this, this product, different from any other household product we have? It's the culture they have at WD-40. And it's a culture, we believe, that's based on freedom rather than fear and control. And so when you have a culture that in a very disciplined way, it gives power to your people. And in my book, I spell out exactly how to do this. This is not hard, it's not scary. What we have found on average, Tom, that we had independent research done is companies that operate this way have on average 700% greater revenue growth over a three-year period compared to the S&P 500. So when you have a culture that is giving power to the people, that is asking for their ideas or input, that has discipline and accountability. You know, it also having a, a freedom center culture means if people aren't doing what they need to do, we take care of it. You know, we don't just let people, we don't let bad behavior, you know, perpetuate. We don't let people um, be abusive to each other. You know, it's about having a healthy environment and that's how you attract and retain the best and brightest talent out there. Culture is your competitive advantage. I, I totally agree. I actually think culture actually almost is your internal brand mm -hmm. um, versus yes. your external brand, right? Yes. But culture influences your external brand. And we're going to have an, another um, another show, a different show on branding. We'll do, we'll do that all separately. But I want to get back to your idea of freedom. And particularly when you talk about transparency, because I think this scares particularly people, um, baby boomers like myself it scares baby boomers to death, right? This whole idea of transparency, which we go, oh, see, that's the whole problem with millennials, right? That, I mean, seriously, I hear this from my yeah. colleagues my age. I don't spend a lot of time with people my age because I, I don't like that mentality. But um, at the same time, you, you go, okay, how do I be transparent? For example, let me give you a simple example. Um, transparent with 
fees for clients or even better transparent transparency with salaries. Okay. So, you know, everybody for years, you know, nobody talked about salaries. Right. And then, then we got Glassdoor, right. Where everybody knows everybody's salary because it's on Glassdoor. Right. So, so we get transparency with whether we like it or not, but how do you, how do you, how do you actually get through the mindset of transparency and giving people the freedom to talk about things that have been taboo for hundreds of years? Well, you get through that mindset by understanding why you do it. You know, what's the value of transparency? You don't just do it to do it. You do it because you understand that when you have transparency, you instantly, if it's done right, you build trust. Mm -hmm. You have transparency builds trust. Transparency builds loyalty. Transparency creates a sense of fairness for people. And, um, you know, I, I'm not a Glassdoor, Worldly Certified Freedom Center company. Um, I know their founder, he told me about Glassdoor on the back of a napkin over coffee one day in San Francisco, kind of fun story. But we don't advocate at Worldly specifically for everybody to know within a company, everybody's salary. Um, we think that's an individual choice, but we do believe with transparency that if you have the right building blocks in place, Tom, I would not start with this. And in my book, I give the ramp the on-ramp for how you do this, but I do talk about open salary ranges. Let's go back to WD-40. They're a publicly traded company and they have open salary ranges and everybody knows what, you know, within their job description, what the range is and how you progress through that range. Menlo Innovations in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Worldly Certified Freedom Center Company, 60 people, they do this as well. And so that creates a sense of fairness, you know, creates a sense of trust that makes people go, I want to keep working here because I feel that I'm not being, um, you know, discriminated against because of my gender or, you know, that I'm being treated fairly. So that's why we do transparency. It's not to make us afraid, but it's to actually build a great culture. So, so that's interesting. So actually you're making me feel good. I appreciate this because we recently did that. I, um, we actually had, uh, we have a leadership conference every year. It's coming up um, uh, May, May 12th through 14th. And, at the leadership conference last year, we had somebody talk about transparency and, and said specifically, you really ought to think about being transparent with your salaries. And I'm going, you know what? You're right. Here's what I find with transparency. It's, it's, it's hard. It, yeah. In other words, you have to be much more intentional. And, and I think this is the, the biggest issue that I think people have, particularly in my profession. We're, we're so caught up in the work, right? We're so caught up with the clients, so caught up. I mean, we've got, heavens, we've had like 10 new tax laws in the last three years, right? I mean, it's like overwhelming to just keep up with the basics. And here we are talking about, okay, but we have to establish culture because if we don't, we're not going to have the, the staff and the employees in order to take care of those clients. And we're, we're never going to be able to do what we need to do. So so we, we, we get back to that transparency. And so what we did was exactly what you're talking about, what uh, um, WD-40 does is that we've established a salary range by um, staff level and we've included partner in that salary range and said, here's the, here's the salary range for partners. And so um, people have an idea of what, what do partners make? Okay. What do I have to look forward to? And I I think what it, what it does is it gives people some assurance that they it's predictable for them. Yeah. Right. And, and I think um, employees particularly like predictability. I mean, frankly, business owners 
everything should be predictable. If we do it right, everything should be predictable. Um, Gary, Gary Keller of Keller Williams is always talking about, you know, you should always, it, it, your numbers should not be a surprise to you at the end of the day. They should be entirely predictable, but your employee's behavior literally can also be predictable. And so that transparency, I think, gives, um, I think it gives the employees some predictability about what, 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 do, what do I, what can I expect from this company? What can I ex expect here? And nobody's holding anything back. We've actually had an amazing response to it um, in, our, in our company. And, you know, to me, it was just the right thing to do. Well, absolutely. And what you're getting at is it's not just transparency. Let's go one level deeper. You created a system and process based on the democratic principle of transparency, which is open salary ranges. You know, in my book, I give a hundred different examples from the thousands that we have working with companies of beginner, intermediate, and advanced. I would say what you did is an advanced level way of implementing the principle of transparency. So when you have those systems and processes in place, they do the heavy lifting for you. They take the emotionalism and the drama out of the workplace, and it creates a sense of predictability and stability that employees know what's coming. And it's a loving thing to do. It's what great leaders do. And again, that's how you keep your best and brightest talent and don't burn them out in the process, you know? Right. So yeah. Let me ask you, your, your, your whole focus is freedom, right? Freedom at work. So um, I'm a huge fan, as you know, uh, you know, I'm very involved in the Rich Dad, Poor Dad group and, and we're all about financial freedom, right? Yep. That is the mission. And I love the idea of freedom at work. I actually love the idea of giving staff freedom to do their jobs. And would you talk a little bit about um, how you give them freedom? In other words, what type of freedom are we talking about? How do we give them freedom to do their jobs? And what are the pitfalls and what do we have to watch out for in, in providing that freedom? Right. So freedom isn't just, hey, here's your job. Go do it however you want, whatever you think. It's, again, about creating those systems and processes that create the riverbanks, if you will, that hold everything in check, that hold everything in balance. So um, it's having the communication skills, it's having clear purpose, vision, and core values. Um, it's having ways to deal with failure within an organization when people make a mistake, how do we talk about that? Um, it's making those expectations clear of what we expect from employees. How do you, um, and, uh, how do you advance within an organization and how to do all that in a democratic rather than command and control traditional hierarchical way. Um, so it's, it's, you have to, it starts Tom with, you got to hire the right people. You have to know how to hire in the right way. You have to know how to hire for this kind of culture. I talk about that in the book too. Um, when you're building a freedom center culture, this kind of culture isn't for everyone. Um, it's not for people, you know, it's not. It's not for people who have very low self-worth and just want to be an order taker. This kind of culture is for people who, who want to excel, who want to realize their fullest potential, who can take feedback well, who want to grow. We call those high self-worth individuals. That, that's the kind of culture that this is going to resonate with, whether it's your CPAs, um, they have to be have high self-worth and be secure in who they are to be more freedom-centered. And then you want employees hiring them for this kind of culture. 
No, I, I, I love that. So one of the things um, we're actually known for in, because one of, one of my businesses is a CPA firm and uh, we give an enormous amount of freedom to our staff and uh, all the way up through actually my partner. So give you an example. Um, we started five years ago. Okay. I, I um, had a former CPA firm and uh, I decided to keep a few, just a few uh, real big, cl uh, good clients. And um, while I was doing this whole new business and um, I said, well, I'm not the one to run the business. I'm not good at that. Okay. I'm really good at the vision, but I'm not, I'm, I'm terrible at the day-to-day, -day, really terrible at it. And so um, I was talking to one of my buddies who actually used to be a partner of mine. And I said, I think I need Karen. I use her name. She's my partner. I think I need Karen. And she didn't work for us um, anymore. She had worked for us in the past. And he goes, you absolutely, that's who you need. Well, she was a manager at, so not a senior manager. She was a manager at a large CPA firm in the Midwest. And uh, I said, I'd like you to come and I want you to run this firm. And she goes, <laughs> after negotiating a, <laughs> the salary, she said, Sure. And she came. And so here's somebody who'd never run a business before. She never um, had that, you know, she was a mid-level manager. And yet what I did was I said, look, I think you could be a top level leader. That's, that's my opinion of you. Okay. I can see that in you. And I think you can do this. And what I did was I said, okay, here, here's what we need to do. Here's what needs to happen. I said, you let me know how to support you in doing that. And then, so I was very involved that first year just in supporting her. Um, and within a year or two, she just taken off. And we, we actually, um, I actually think we'll probably hit Inc. 5,000 this year. Um, and for a CPA firm, that's pretty radical. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, um, and it's just, and we do that with all the employees. So like a, a staff, instead of waiting five or six years to be in front of a client, it's like three or four months. How do you, <laughs> that, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of the ultimate, like give them the freedom. Um, but what are some things, if you can think of just two or three things, what are some things that, that the top, the CEO, the leader can do um, to make sure that that is successful, to, ma to make sure that it's not the inmates running the prison, right? To make sure that you're actually getting the most out of people and making sure that they don't flail and, and, and drown in the process. Yeah. Well, first of all, you want to make sure, kind of like I talked about before, you have to hire high self-worth individuals. So I'm guessing Karen is probably pretty secure in who she is. She takes feedback well. <laughs> She gives feedback well. Okay. Very good. So you want people who are either like that or willing to grow in that way. And then, Tom, you can't, you can't just as a leader say, hey, go do this. I'm giving you freedom. You really have to give individuals the leadership training underneath it. So you've got to give them 
the communication skills, the personal accountability skills, the self-worth skills, all of those leadership skills. Of course, you know, that's what we teach. We, we give courses that help these people be top leaders. So whether it's us or whomever, you've got to make sure you're giving them that support. How do you give and receive feedback? You know, how do, how do you listen to what your client's saying and not react? How do you ask the questions? I mean, I run a company, I've worked with lots of CPAs, right? <laughs> I know the ones I've worked with that I don't like to work with and the ones I do like to work with. And they're the ones who listen and have the listening skills. I mean, that's something else you need to have. So when you say to people, we wanna give you the freedom to be your best, you have to make sure that you are giving them that training and support that sets them up to be at their best. Not just, hey, go do this, hope it works out. You know, that's not what you're going for. So you do have to be responsible about that freedom. Yeah, yeah. we talk about that as the difference between delegating and dumping. Yeah, or delegating and abdicating. Right, yeah. Yeah. exactly, exactly. And, and I think a lot of uh, so-called leaders, because I don't really think they're much of leaders, abdicate and they just say, well, you know, and, and they're the same ones who will blame, right? They, they will blame their, their subordinate. Uh, the, the client didn't get what they needed and they'll blame the subordinate. I'm going, how dare you blame the subordinate, somebody else? You're the one who's responsible. You know, the blame is, you know, three fingers point back at you when you're pointing that finger at somebody else. So um, I love that. I, I love what you're doing. I love your work. Um, uh, Tracy Fenton, I wish we could go on forever. Um, we'll definitely want to have you back sometime if you're if you're willing to do so, because I think there's a lot more to unpack there when it comes to culture and leadership. Um, I always say that the, the, the purpose of a leader is to create other leaders. And that's what I hear you saying. I love those, um, you know, those steps that you can take is uh, make sure that they've got the support, make sure that they've got the skill set, make sure that you're hiring right. I think those are, are beautiful. And I think what happens, um, Tracy, is uh, that they you, you always end up with a, just a much better culture and you're going to have people that want to come work for you. So Freedom at Work is the book. Freedom at Work, the, the leadership strategy for transforming your life, your organization, and our world. And uh, website is worldbluebl.com, yep. right? Yep, no um, neon blue. Yep. Mm -hmm. And anything else we need to know in order to get more about what nope. your, your work is? Get the book on Amazon, and we're here to help. And I would just invite your leaders uh, listening to ask themselves this one question What would I do if I weren't afraid? How would I lead? And what kind of culture would I create if I weren't afraid? So I'll leave you with that. That's a great place to start. I, I love it. Thank you, Tracy Fenton. Um, Freedom at work, worldblue.com. Uh, just remember that when you start establishing that culture, um, it, it permeates throughout your entire business. And what happens is you're always going to end up with better clients, a better practice, and in the end, a better life. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.